Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Mortgage Matters with Chris. Today, we're diving into a topic that was highly requested by a lot of people in different industries. And we're touching on what's the media not telling you? We've all seen the scare headlines and the big news on housing crash and everything like that. We're just cutting through the data and telling you what's actually happening. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for this week's episode of Mortgage Matters with Chris. You know, today we're going to be talking about what the media isn't telling you about the uh, market and the real estate market in particular uh, this upcoming year. Chris, we just got back from a conference and our CEO, um, who is very in tune and has his thumb on the pulse of the market and what all the experts are saying, shared some uh, pretty interesting data with us, uh, which we are very happy to present and show today. But, you know, uh, I just saw a survey that said that um, this is a pretty recent survey, and they were asking, basically trying to get people's feeling of the markets, right? Mm-hmm. 67% of people said that a housing crash is imminent within the next three years. of people, 57%, so over half, well over half, feel uh, worse because they say that the mortgage rates are going to be getting even higher than they are. And this is just strictly asking people on the streets what they think. So um, not to spoil it, but... uh, our data is saying the exact opposite. So let's dig right into that. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Chris and his wife have uh, well over, uh, Chris yourself has um, 25 years, uh, actually 26 years this year in the mortgage industry and with your wife, you guys almost have 50 years combined. So you've seen a lot, you saw the 08 crash. Uh, You saw things dip back in 2013. No one even talks about that because it wasn't that big of a deal, Um, but you've seen it since the 90s. So, so and I think that's a that's a good point, Mindy. I think a lot of people are trying to compare what's going on today with 2008, and it's completely, completely different. And before we go into the slides, I'm just going to name a couple of those facts that people aren't realizing that there's huge differences between 2008 and today. And one was like back in 2008, I was in it. The, the credit standards were so loose. You literally just had to have a pulse and they were going to give you money and they were going to lend you up to a hundred percent. And that's, you know, the, the subprime lending is what you heard a lot of news about subprime lending, subprime lending. Well, those were loans that were pretty much people were just giving people money that really didn't qualify for anything. It was just fake funny money that was going out. And there was also an overabundant of supply of homes. Let's look at today. I mean, we have a shortage of homes, a massive shortage of homes. And two, people have to really qualify for the loan. And if they're doing, even if they're doing one of these programs where someone would say, oh, that sounds like subprime to me, where, you know, these programs for self-employed people where they use bank statements or they use uh, other forms or no docs, these people today are putting down 20% to get those kind of programs. Or in some cases, bank statement, which is a limited type of an asset-based program, 10% down. Where back in 2008, you were giving up to 100% for people that weren't showing income. They were just saying, oh, I make X amount or this amount. 
plus 2008, there was a rise of unemployment. If we look at unemployment rates today, we're looking pretty good compared to, you know, where we've been in the past. I mean, we have a low unemployment rate, which is completely different. We have tighter credit standards. So people, I mean, a lot of people right now, there's a lot of equity in the homes that are out there where there was zero back then, right? And then we have little supply. So when we add up those things, you if you paired these two markets side by side for the fear mongers out there, for the, the, the news outlets that are just, you know, pushing this narrative on people that, oh, it's going to be a crash. There's not going to be a crash. I mean, most people have at least 10% plus equity in their homes. And in most cases, I think, I think 30%, right? Who's walking away from that? I mean, jobs are on the rise. So people are working and making money and the people that are buying homes are qualifying for the programs with the programs that they're buying with. So that's kind of my opening guys right there. I mean, if that doesn't kind of open your eyes to, yeah, the market probably isn't crashes. Are the rates 2% where they were two years ago? That was the lowest the rates have ever been in the history of mortgage rates. And they were artificially that low because of COVID, because the mortgage, because the government was buying mortgage-backed securities. And then they realized that was a big mistake because people were just like spending money like crazy and they had to slow, the, slow it down, right? Slow the roll because we're going to go into this inflation that we're going to start talking about right now. So there's some charts that we're going to show you and some graphs. So for you, those of you that are listening, um, tune into the YouTube channel after if you want to see the visuals. But I'm going to try to do a good job of explaining, explaining myself to you guys on what we're looking at. So, um, Mindy, the first slide that you brought up was, you know, how in inflation drives mortgage rates. And uh, you had brought up a great point on this earlier uh, in our conversation. But traditionally, in when inflation hits or we, we go into a recession, it really actually makes interest rates kind of go down, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, we see rates go down in a market like that. So, um, let's walk people through this, uh, slide deck right here, Mindy. Sure. So, uh, this first one here talking about the interest rates, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to point out was that, uh, experts believe, um, that inflation has peaked. Um, they think that it peaked, uh, late November, maybe early December. Um, some of our data is still, you know, about a month or so behind. Uh, but we can already kind of see that in the trends here. Um, as inflation peaked there, uh, those uh, rates kind of went back down following that. The reason I wanted to show this is because, you know, we talk a lot about the uh, Fed, the Feds are raising rates, right? And we have come on here like so many times saying it's not the same as mortgage rates. Uh, and it's not because uh, the mortgage rates don't necessarily, uh, or I'm sorry, the Fed rates don't necessarily impact mortgage rates, but what does is inflation. And uh, the feds, the feds, I love calling it the feds, they don't always have their their uh, thumbprint right on the pulse of what's happening with inflation. Um, we're seeing that, and let me go to the next slide because this is the one everyone's gonna love. So as inflation is coming back down, or is predicted, I should say, to come back down, uh, look at what's happening with mortgage rates. Yep. Their forecasts, if you look, there's a steady decline, and we actually see it today. So for those of you who might have bought in October, November, and you were seeing rates in the seven, seven and a half, 
I mean, the rates were high. I mean, right now we're looking at, you know, Q1, towards the end of Q1, I've seen rates at six and a half, six. I mean, we're not quoting rates on here, but if you were looking at 30-year fix, if you go on bankrate.com, if you go on Google mortgage rates, I mean, you're seeing a lot of banks, you know, sitting between six and a half, six, seven, five, maybe a little better in some cases, but that's a substantial drop if you were at seven and a half come, you know, back in October, November, when the rates yeah. were kind of at their peak. So, I mean, half a percent to a percent lower, that's a decrease. And if we look what's going to continue to happen throughout this year, I mean, we're not going to, let's get it right. If you're waiting for the rates to go back to the threes, I can tell you that's probably not, I mean, again, I don't have a crystal ball. If I knew where the rates were always going to go, I mean, I wouldn't, we'd all probably be hanging out on my boat in the middle of the Caribbean <laughs> somewhere. But the experts, and we're watching this stuff every day, this is what they're saying. This is the forecast. So if you look at six and a quarter, six and a half right now, like towards the end of uh, Q1, going into Q2, five, six, five, four. And if you look at a historical, I wish we had this on here, maybe one of our call, calls will do this again, but we looked at the overall you know, history of mortgage interest rates on a 30-year mortgage over the past 40 years, you're going to find that these rates here are really the median to the lowest end that they've ever been. You know, 5%, 6%, those have been good rates for many, 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 many years. So we're not really at super high rates. I mean, it's just super high to what you guys had or what we all had, this artificial, you know, rate that, you know, the government was, you know, buying all these mortgage-backed securities, driving these rates down artificially so low just to keep things going. But if we look now, we see Q2 is going down, Q3 it's going down, Q4, the end of the year is going down, looks like a quarter percent every every quarter. And, you know, somewhere down the road, we I mean, this is what I don't want to do, Mindy, is I don't want to talk about this. And then people say, okay, I'm going to wait till uh, two years from now, right? And I'm going to buy when the rates are at 4.4 if they are, you know, wherever they are at that point. The other thing you got to look at is with the low inventory, prices are going to still continue to rise. Well, that so, goes into our next, next slide here. Right. So if you're going to look at where these markets are going to go, I mean, they're going to still, you are going to still go up the three to 5% a year and increase. So that four or $500,000 house, you're going to add another 10, 15, $20,000 on top of it every year. So to save yourself a hundred or 200 bucks a month, right? And now you lose your 10 or 15 or plus thousand, whatever that equity number is, plus all the money, you, if you're renting, what you're throwing away to rent. So that's compounded money. So you got 20,000 here. And if you're paying 2000 a month, you get another 24 grand here. So by waiting your negative, whatever, 40, $50,000, because you wanted to save a hundred, 200 bucks a month. So. What we're telling you is that's not stopping. These trends of increased value. Now, one of the things, Mindy, is that that we know is happening is sellers gotta be realistic. They 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 see this what they think is a crash or a drop in pay a drop in price. It's really just a balancing out. Right? When you had properties going up, you know, fifty percent a year in some markets over in two years, where you know, prices doubled. It's not sustainable, right? So you're seeing some of that come back a little bit just to level off. 
and you're 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 still having people try to list their house at unreasonable prices. So now, yes, of course they're going to start taking a lower offer, but they're unrealistic prices to begin with um, because they're still living in 2020 or 2021. You know, it's not going up like that. So you got to kind of level those prices out, but still they're they're not crashing. That that's the main thing. You're not going to find that these houses are going to be a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars lower next year because. In a lot of markets, especially the market we're in, we're seeing, in, I mean, I think this market we're in, in Florida market, for those watching, in other pockets of the country, um, you're going to still see a steady increase. But there's some markets that are going to probably get a little bit more drop because their prices went up so dramatically. Uh, Florida's here is, we're going to still see an increase, but it's not going to be as steep as it was because we were one of the hottest markets in the yeah, you know, country for a while. So you know, we saw, and I, I looked and looked and looked and could not find this visual, but we uh, recently saw a um, a map in the U.S. right, and it was kind of showing different parts of the country where they're expected to go, and literally nowhere in the United States is it projected to go down. So you know, some areas are projected to go up higher, yeah. faster than others. Some are expected to go up slower. Um, but like I looked and looked, scrolled through the whole area and there really wasn't anywhere that, you know, they think is going to take a beating. Um, I mean, less than 12% in risk and price, but that 12%, you got to think if the average is say four to 5% a year and it just increased by 30 to 50% a year. Right. And it only drops 12%. So you had a pretty much a hundred percent increase in some markets and it only goes down by 12. Does it really go down? Yeah. It doesn't go down, it, you know, no, no matter what we're trying to tell ourselves, it just doesn't. I mean, there's pockets in California that say that it could be 12% or more, but again, it's not, it's not a crash. It's a leveling out. So as yeah. you know, we got to just wrap our heads around, you know what, there might be a little bit of a moderate drop in some markets and in some markets it's going to continue to go up to steadily to the average amount, which is three to five. There's been a correction. We can call it a correction, right? But yeah. it's not a halt and it's not a crash because one, we don't have any inventory. There's some markets that are so low on inventory that have, uh, I was talking to some guys in Denver uh, last week that are in the Denver market. They have so little inventory and they have like, you know, I don't know how many millions of people that live there and they have like 1,500 homes on the market or something cr like crazy amount for all these people that are one, moving there. They don't have anything. So for us to even think that that market's going to crash, it's not. Yeah. It's not going to well, crash. In this one, I'll go back to the previous slide in just a minute. But this this is exactly what you were talking about. So for those listening, um, it's, it's a graph from 2013 to 20, uh, 2022, or at least the end of 2022. And uh, we all know it happened in 2020, the pandemic. And this line goes zoop, straight up. And so uh, in 2022, that line like barely goes down just a little bit. And this this little hump right here is what everyone's like, oh, the market's crashing. Oh, my gosh. We are so far above where we were just two years ago. I mean, that's a, that's drastic right there. Um, and so I think, you know, what the forecast is telling us is we can get back to seeing more normal increases like this. Right. Correct. Uh, and, and there's a few other, I mean, um, there's a few other things that, you know, what Fannie and Freddie are doing to stimulate the market again. Right. I mean, 
we have some for first time home buyers, there's some huge benefits to being a first time home buyer where I, again, I don't have the slide. So those of you listening, don't worry, I don't have anything to show here, but uh, when you were doing conventional loans forever, for as long as I've been doing them, there was always FICO hits, right? There were always these FICO hits. If you were under a 740 in increments of 20 points on your credit scores that you're, you would get about an eighth of a percent up on your, on your rate. Mm-hmm. Well, they're flatlining that now. So you might have a 680, but they're not going to, if you're a first time home buyer, you are not going to get punished or, um, there's not gonna be like a violation to your rate. You're going to still get the same rate, almost like an FHA loan where the rate is the rate, whether you have a 620 or a 640 or, you know, wherever your score is, your, your rate maintains the same. So Fannie and Freddie are playing a part to help first time home buyers. So there's more people are getting more involved. These agencies are getting more involved to help people buy, make it a little bit easier for some of these, um, these markets or these demographics to, to help them get into a home, but not by making them not put the money down and not qualify. They're just not punishing them. If they got, if they had good enough credit scores to qualify, they're not getting hit because they are 20 points less than this guy over here. Um, so that's a, it's going to be a huge plus for us. People really need to hear that because what we were told very directly is that um, the government right now, the housing administration, their focus very much is on first time home buyers and people with lower to moderate incomes, lower to moderate credit scores. These are the people that the uh, uh, current administration is focused on helping into homes. Right. And so they are uh, changing the rules. They are doing all sorts of programs like you talked about targeted towards them. And given what inventory is going to be looking like, all those people who for two years felt like they had to sit out, now's going to be their year. This is going to be their time. Um, I did want to say this because this blew my mind when, uh, when I saw it. Um, but a buyer's market... Uh, is six months or more of inventory. We haven't had a buyer's market since 2012, like a true buyer's market. That was two presidents ago yeah. that we had a buyer's market. Uh, so do. Yeah. And to get to the, uh, like today, to get to six months inventory, we would need to reach um, 2 million listings nationwide. And we haven't had that many since 2015. Yeah, we're still down. I mean, there's still huge demand for homes. And look at where, you know, things were in 2015. Like, again, no one was, no one, like the thought of a crash, anything like that was just, no one was thinking about it. I I bought, this is right here is when I bought my first home and um, interest rates are, were not too far uh, what they're projected to be. And I remember it wasn't even like, it just wasn't even a question. No one was. No one was complaining well, about it. Rates are five and a quarter. Rates are five percent. That's what we got. And the good news is, is you know, a lot of lenders like us. I mean, and this isn't a sale. I, this forum isn't a sales pitch, but they're doing like uh, you know refi protection program. So you buy today, uh, you know, you might refinance in the next five years because say you bought today and rates go down to four and a quarter. Well, you refinance. Maybe you refinance into a twenty-year note, get the same payment that you have at the six and a quarter or six and a half rate, and you just knock off you know, eight or nine years off your mortgage, right? And have the same payment. So 
your payment goes down or you want to save money monthly because you don't like that payment. But I'm thinking with the steady increase of pay, right? Your your income is probably going to go up over the next couple of years. You're going to get some raises. Um, but you might not mind that payment as much in a year or two, and you might just want to shave off years. Or if, again, you can go back and refinance. And a lot of banks are doing a rate protection where it's like, we'll pay for your, your bank costs. We'll pay for your appraisal. We'll cover that stuff to help you buy today and know that when the rates come down, you're not going to get killed in costs to rewrite it and take advantage of when the rates go down. So at some point, the rates, what goes up must come down. I've been doing this 26 years and it goes like this. We just go and flow with it. And, um, you know, so at that, I believe it's a great time. It's a, it's, there's never a bad time to stop paying someone else's mortgage. And I, I, <laughs> I mean, you're going to pay a mortgage. Is, is, is it going to be yours where you gain some equity or is it going to be someone else's? You're going to have the benefits of writing off mortgage interest. There's so many benefits of home ownership. You can hang up the pictures you want on the wall. You can have the pet you want in the house. There's all these benefits that definitely outweigh this noise from the CNN, the, mm -hmm. you know, all these news outlets that are just bombarding you with this negative news. It's not real. I mean, we're in it every day. I'm living this every single day. I see in tons of families getting into homes and getting out of a rental situation. Uh, I see still people selling their homes and downsizing or upsizing. Hey, maybe you live in a home right now and you're scared to upsize or you're having another kid. Listen, get into the house and then refi. At least you're buying it at the right price today. You can always refinance it and either shorten term or, or shorten your payment and just go back to a 30-year. But I'm here to show you the bright side of this. We're not in 2008. We're nothing like it. If you guys called us, right, we would share all of this information with you with proof and, and, and actually give you the resources that you can actually look up yourself. I mean, that's really what we want to do. Yeah. We want to help you and give you the real news on what this market's looking like as the experts in this field. I mean, we, you know, we have the years of in the industry, we have the, the experience and we've seen some different things. And we know the comparisons on what happened back then to what's happening today. And it's a totally different scene. And if you have any questions, I mean, reach out to your lender, reach out to us. But I mean, we want to stimulate people to, you know, go out there and start looking again, especially the people that thought they missed the boat a couple of years ago because their offers were getting turned down. Yeah. Well, you know what? You don't have to marry the rate. You can marry your house and you can refinance the rate. I mean, we've all heard that logo or the little shtick everyone says, marry the house, not the rate. Um, but it's true. It's true. The rates are going to drop over the next year or two a little bit. I'm not going to sit here and say they're dropping to twos or threes, but they drop by a percent or a percent and a half. That makes a big difference in payment or term. So, Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we know that the um, negative headlines are the ones that get clicks and get views and that it just, it's almost like an echo chamber. It just feeds itself. So uh, what we do know is that there is very few things that feel better than kicking the landlord out of your life. So <laughs> that's a lot of this. Get rid of that greedy landlord. <laughs> the money in your own pocket and build your own equity. Um, now's the time. But um, I, I think, Mindy, I can't believe it's already 125. We've We're slightly over. So Chris, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. 
uh, for everyone tuning in. We're going to share this. We always share on YouTube. And then, of course, you can find this on your favorite podcast podcast platform. And we're also going to link to where you can see these slides in case you did want to see the numbers yourself uh, and verify that we aren't just reading uh, reading nothing here. So uh, we will be back at it next week. And if you have questions, send them in. We'll add it to the lineup. But otherwise, I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye now.